Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Before we all hate each other, let's start recording. <laughs> See, that's a good place to start. And you can start. <clears throat> all right, here we go. Hello. Hammer time. <laughs> and welcome into another edition of the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. If only the microphones had been on five minutes ago. Boy, oh boy, would it have been entertaining for y'all. But thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Thank you for downloading the podcast exclusive. If you missed this week's show, make sure you go and download that podcast as well. Had a great conversation with our friends from Osage County Guns, one of the great sponsors of the show, uh, giving tremendous insight as um, the president and Democrats in D.C., are you know pushing with some uh, ideas of executive action in the world of the Second Amendment and 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 pushing for uh, gun reform laws, various bills that they are moving forward with to get that uh, uh, industry inside part of the story to hear you know like the communication that's being had within the firearms industry between uh, you know the the uh, the government and the stores that are actually selling these things that may one day soon become illegal. Um, it's very interesting. So make sure you check that out. Also, our friend Amy Mark scores from KMOX joined us for the last segment of the show. And unfortunately, <laughs> we ran out of time with her. And she this is why people are tuning in. Nice enough yeah. to stick around and put in some overtime with us in the podcast exclusive. So uh, Carl is here and Bo is here and Amy is here as well. Go ahead, Bo. And we had a cliffhanger on the show. And we did have a cliffhanger <laughs> on the show. Uh, we were talking to Amy, getting her thoughts about kind of where she stands. Um, in... she, she thought she was with Charlie because we cut her off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <we're>... Whoa. <laughs> her... <It's> like... <laughs> hey, it's the podcast, Bo. Nobody's listening. It's okay. And one of us <laughs> say whatever you want. Right, right. <laughs> and Amy, you said you had a question for us, and uh, and I said, shut up. Right. Uh, we're out of time. You did not say and, that. And uh, but uh, yeah, but we please uh, uh, ask your question. Here's my question, because uh-huh. as I mentioned, uh, many friends who are gun owners, responsible, law-abiding gun owners, they're actually the only gun owners uh, that I know is that type. Now, in, correct me if I'm wrong, but in St. Louis, or maybe it's Missouri, you do not have to have a permit to carry a gun. That is correct. True. Correct. So, for in my, in, in, by my reasoning, and you can tell me why you would be for or against this, if... If the law required a permit, law-abiding gun owners would have no problem carrying a permit because they're already following the rules and have done the background checks and, and what have you. However, it's the illegal firearms that are causing the vast majority of the problems. And so if, for instance, a cop has a reasonable uh, a reason to assume that someone is causing trouble or maybe causing a gun, uh, be carrying a gun, that law officer can check in with that person, can stop that person, and if they don't have a permit, well, then we've stopped an, a person who is possessing a firearm illegally. You know, I feel like by 
making it so that gun owners don't need a permit, we are handcuffing, no pun intended, the law enforcement a bit when it comes to dealing with illegal firearms. I have my opinion, Bo. Do you want to go first? You go first. You okay. go first. So it for you are correct, Amy, that I don't think that there would be a massive backlash um, to requiring a CCW permit uh, to carry a gun. That was It was like that in the state of Missouri for a long time. Uh, the law changed a few years back, and there are still there are still uh, municipalities around the state of Missouri that do require you to have your CCW permit because of state law. They can only charge you with a misdemeanor if you um, if you don't have that. So be- the state law makes it so you can it, it, you don't need to have that CCW permit to purchase or carry a firearm in the state of Missouri. Um, some municipalities are able to make their own um, uh, local laws and have, uh, like I said, some uh, misdemeanor laws in those areas. But I think by and large across the state of Missouri, you can you can carry a firearm without a CCW license. Um, the 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 reason that I the, my understanding is the reason that that was passed was basically because it just it, it's one one, it's a freedom thing Two, that when you're buying that if you're if you are a legal gun owner and you're going through the background check process already you are already you you are being you, you you know that that person is legally allowed to own that gun because of the background check process also it wasn't something that if a police officer were to have an interaction with a gun owner talking about their CCW license was not was not considered the right thing to do right out of the gate anyway. So police officers aren't asking that question because there's and there's a big debate inside the gun. In, there's a big debate inside the gun. I've I've heard from uh, experts in the gun field both d- on both sides. Some say you should tell an officer if you're having an interaction with them that you either have a gun or you have your CCW, and some say don't because that because then you're just heightening a situation that doesn't need to be heightened unless that officer is asking you specific questions. So I I don't I don't make a correlation between requiring a CCW license to lowering crime or keeping people safe because the bad guys are going to get and carry the guns whether they cuz they're in many uh, in many times many occasions they're not getting these guns legally so they're 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 right. going around the background check process already they were just going to go around the CCW permit laws well, I guess I guess that's my point with the permit though because right when you're going through the background checks all legal gun owners that's what they're doing they're buying it the, the proper way if you are if you have criminal intent or you're buying a gun illegally of course you're not going through the background check so there's no way to stop someone there because as they say well criminals are going to have guns anyway well that's true but if they're walking around the street and a law enforcement officer sees someone with a gun or has reason to believe they have one you could say hey can i see your permit and when they don't have one then they're able to stop that person, detain that person, take the gun, whatever it is. Whereas a legal gun owner would be like, yeah, here's my permit and all this, like license and registration with your car. Right. Uh, I, I would like to interject this, that a CCW permit does not mean more experienced with that firearm. It means that they've paid the fee to legally be able to conceal. And in this state, actually in a, a big portion of the state, you can open carry, which means on your hip if you want to. Um, but I, I would say this, that, uh, you know, just like the incident of the female cop in Minnesota, 
that uh, they had pulled over the guy uh, and they they got him out of the car and they knew before they got him out of the car that he had a warrant for a firearm charge from before. So I would say to the the cops and the bad guy interaction, they may already know some information uh, about what uh, infraction there there may have been in the past by their record, right? So that would that would give them that information. When it comes to the CCW, it there is some training to to acquire kind of. Like like a driver's test, you have to go through some minimal training. Um, and, and and actually, we talk about this on on the show a lot about do more training. Always do more training because when everything you know blows apart, excuse my 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 pun, but when things happen, you actually are going to resort to your least amount of training you've ever had. And I've talked to law enforcement people about this as well. That's why they train so much. Um, so I, I'm not a big fan of the of the permit thing only because. Most, as we've talked, uh, most law, gun owners are law-abiding citizens, um, and it's just to me, it's just more taxes, it's more money going to you know the government. And That's you know, opinion. I'd really like to because it's it's a good question, Amy. I'd like to talk. I'd, I I wish that we could uh, get the law enforcement perspective on that, and I will the next mm-hmm. time we have one of them on because I don't know how I don't know the the policy about approaching somebody with that question. Like right. I don't know when you're when you're allowed to ask like if you're just if you just see somebody walking down the sidewalk and you don't like the way they look to uh, have an a, a officer approach them and say are you carrying a gun do you have your ccw like i don't think that that happens so i don't think that no. that i don't think that that exchange ever happens and when somebody gets pulled over again many times the the whether that they have their ccw license or their or they have a gun or don't have a gun that's not brought up unless the officer has reason to believe that there's that this person has committed a crime or has an illegal firearm so at while it's very common for them to say license and registration as you mentioned it, it's not common it wouldn't be a thing to ask them for that so it's not going to expose that person and you know for breaking the law does that make sense and there could be there could be some gun buyers that are you know are legal upstanding americans uh that have never committed a crime in their life that do snap if you will and go get a gun and then they want to commit a crime so you know there's no way to know what's inside a person's mind and i I will tell you that we really dissected joe biden's uh, uh page on second amendment on this show several times you know through all the different things and prior to the inauguration, I asked Sheriff Marshak from uh, from Jeffco. I said, uh, "Should I get my CCW again? Because I let it expire when that law changed." He said, "You know what? In the state of Missouri, I wouldn't worry about it." That's what he said. Yeah, yeah you know, and it's just interesting because I, I understand the importance of the Second Amendment and the idea of freedom. But I mean, for me, when you're approaching government policy, there's always this tension between liberty and virtue or freedom and virtue because freedom without any virtue right without any self-control restraint responsibility isn't really free it becomes chaotic but then virtue without freedom mean the government is forcing you to act a certain way well that's not virtuous because it's coerced and i think in the gun debate at some point we need to look at not we're not going to be able to eliminate uh, homicides or, right. or gun crime, but what steps can we take that would least impact mm-hmm. freedom but but impact most um, being able to cut down on unnecessary or avoidable, I should say, 
you know, homicides and deaths and shootings. And most common sense gun supporters, myself included, would absolutely say that there are things that we can do. There are reforms. There are discussions that we can have to make people safer. I have yet to see one of those things come from Democrats or even, quite frankly, Republicans in in recent years. Like I it's always all about banning, you know, the AR-15 or, you know, or going after some made up thing like ghost guns or bump stocks. You know, it's just like, you know, these things that 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 don't exist in any large number or are used in crimes by any large number. You know, those are the things that we focus on and we're not truly doing anything to keep uh people safer. I've always thought that, just to wrap up the CCW point, I always thought the benefit of the CCW license was that it was proof of training. That you, to get that CCW card, you had to go through a certain amount of gun training, which is something we've talked a lot about on this show. And so it didn't make me feel, it never made me feel better about, like, I never thought of it as a um, a way to keep bad guys from getting guns or making sure guns were in the hands of the right people. It was the benefit of it was that it forced you to have some training. And we've always talked about how anybody that buys a gun needs to have that proper training and education about that gun. You need to know everything about it when you own it. So that was the that was the primary benefit of the CCW uh, uh, license, in my opinion. Go ahead, Bo. Are all legal? Uh, drivers on the road, good drivers. Of course not. You've gone through the, the school training, the driver training. You've done the test. They're not even all <laughs> licensed, know? both. Right, yeah. Well, not even right. <laughs> but, and also, I think the reason why I, and I've I've heard that, the you know, the driver's license argument, but uh, driving a car isn't a constitutional right. And I think that's where it's a privilege. The, 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 there's a difference, you know, because people say, well, you wear seatbelts. The government makes you wear a seatbelt. Well, that's true. Uh, but we are talking about two different things here with driving cars and owning a gun because one's in the Constitution and one isn't. Go ahead, Bo. Okay. No, no, that's good. No, does that make sense? I mean, because that's kind of a pro-gun argument, but I mean, we didn't I'm even always... talk about the yeah. great outdoors and Amy's running. I know, I know. This always happens. We're we gonna always... have to have her on again. I did want to talk. I, but... I, I... Go ahead, because I, I did want to get into no, more guess, things I, with Amy. Yeah, I will. I, I will just say this. I, I, I appreciate that analogy of the differences between the two. You're right, a constitutional right and and a, and a freedom. But at the same time, it's still the same process. You have to do the training. You have to pass a test. And then you move on to the next level. But it doesn't make everybody a better driver or a better gun owner. But it does make everybody a lot better driver than they would be if they were just handing out driver's license without have you been Maybe. on 270 lately? <laughs> as bad as it is, it cuts down on accidents. <laughs> so, I, I, anyway. Amy, you mentioned on the show uh, red flag laws, and that has been something that we have talked about on this show for years. Before it was even in the news, we had people in the gun industry sort of warning people about these laws that it, that were uh, popping up in various spots around the country and how this was going to be a big push by the Democrats, and we're seeing it now more and more at a national level. And you said something on the show this week that I agree with completely, and, and, and you and I actually talked about on your show a little bit, which I really appreciate that uh, uh, invitation, um, that 
I am so frustrated that after so many of these tragedies, you mentioned this on the show this week, that we find out that the the person who um, was guilty of, of either exploding a bomb in the middle of Nashville, Tennessee, or, or going on these um, shooting rampages have a background, have all these, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote, in no pun intended, red flags in their history where people are saying, yeah, I'm not surprised he uh, d- set off a bomb in the RV because he's been building bombs in his garage for two years. And the police knew. And the police knew. And so, yeah, we've got to do a better job of identifying when somebody is, when somebody's actions or their their social media communication or their personal words that they're expressing to their friends and family members when they are when they seem to be heading down a dark path like this. The problem with the red flag laws as they exist now is that they there's not I've never seen a piece of red flag legislation that has due process included in it. They every one of them is a guilty until proven innocent situation and we've seen so many cases, thousands of cases around the country of of red flag laws where they do exist being misused, being misused in a, in a in a dispute between neighbors, being misused in a contentious divorce, being misused yep. in, 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 a, in a, a family argument. There was a terrible story out of uh, New York a couple years ago um, around Thanksgiving. A brother and sister, middle-aged people in their 50s or 60s, uh, the, the brother is a very staunch uh, gun uh, owner and gun and Second Amendment supporter. The sister is, uh, it was on the other side of the political aisle. They get into a, a political argument at Thanksgiving dinner, and it gets heated, and she decides she wants to stick it to her brother by calling the authorities and saying, my brother lives at this house, and he has guns, and... You know, and just wanted to teach him a lesson, essentially. And so they knocked on his door at four o'clock in the morning to take his guns away. And it ended up with him dead. And then the sister is upset that the police killed him, saying, I didn't want you to kill him. I just wanted you to take his guns away. And now here's a person who's dead, who's lost their life because of a of, of a false complaint on a red flag law where this person, where the people involved are... They have no idea it's being filed against them. They have no opportunity to defend themselves. And there's no like it's not like what well, you you'll you'll be in front of a judge in a week and you'll get it and you'll get a chance. It's not even that. Right. It's sometimes right. it's sometimes well, years before I, you, you get an opportunity to even present your side of the case. So until due process is part of it, until until innocent, until proven guilty is brought into one of these red flag laws, I do not believe that they are the way to address the problems that we are seeing. Well, and, and I'm not familiar with that case or the number of cases you said like that. It sounds like you're saying there are a lot of cases like this. I'm, I'm not familiar with that, so I can't speak to that where the red flag laws were uh, abused in that way. I do know that the shooter at the FedEx facility in Indianapolis, he had a, a red flag um, issued by his mom, right, mm-hmm. where they did look into his mental health and they took away his guns for a year. But in Indianapolis or in Indiana, that uh, moratorium on his ability to uh, his ability to own a gun expired, expired. after a year. Mm-hmm. So then shortly after it, ex- after it expired, he legally bought a gun and then committed a mass shooting at the FedEx facility. So in some ways, 
that the guns were taken away from the right person, yeah. but then they were given back in, in a way that I almost feel like, I know this is more intervention, but if a gun is taken away, then there needs to be uh, a a some type of consensus that that person can then have their guns back because my understanding is his mom did not think he was he should right. get his guns back. Yeah, and I'm know? and I'm sure that there are very there's legitimate under the red flag laws that exist now. I'm sure that there are many legitimate claims, and and, and that's great. But when when you when the laws leave so much space for abuse, then and especially in today's world. Mm-hmm. Where everybody's out to get everybody, yeah, and 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 in in enforce their beliefs and virtues on other people in any way that they can. We can't allow those loopholes to be included in the laws and just hope that people only use them for for the right reasons at the right times. When when the when the opportunity for abuse is so easy. There's very I've never I've never seen a red flag law where there's any consequence for filing a false complaint. For yeah, exactly. So you yeah, don't even that, that so, would be instrumental. So even if you even if you even if that person is able to prove that this was a completely false complaint against the, against them at some point, get their day in court, get their guns back, mm-hmm. um, their property back. There's no there's not even any uh, consequences for filing false complaints. So why so the people that are capable of exploiting a loophole in a law like that there's nothing to stop them and and, and until we till we till that part is closed up I just can't I just can't support something like that Yeah you'd have to uh, suss out the red flag laws to the point where you can ensure due process. You can ensure that uh, the process would be uh, taken place within a timely manner. And it sounds like we're not there yet. And I think right. part of that is because the discussion is always so extreme. It's always it, take exactly. away, take away all the guns, or let us have everything we want. And there's very little productive conversation. I amen to that. Go ahead, Bo. Again, all of these things that we're talking about are for law-abiding citizens. And, yes, you will have the exception with a a, a guy snapping, as I just mentioned a little bit ago. Uh, But the true gun problems are the illegal firearms that are stolen or, uh, you know, acquired somehow. And it's in our big cities. And it's it's frightening. Yeah. And many of them are crossing the border and things like that. So we, yeah. That too. There's, there's... I, I have talked to very few staunch gun supporters that I, I mean maybe even none that I can think of off the top of my head that wouldn't say that that would say that there's that we that everything's fine and we don't need to do anything. I think we can mm-hmm. all agree to that that there are there are things that we can do to like you said, Amy, we're never going to stop bad guys from doing bad things, but yeah. that doesn't mean you just give up. There are ways to limit. To, to stop many of these crimes from happening and to keep many of these guns out of the hands of bad people. I just have yet to see anything productive come from politicians to this point that would, well, that would keep people safe in any large number. Yeah, and I, and I will add that, this, because I, I think that this is important to note. I do not use the term Democrat and progressive 
uh, interchangeably in the mm-hmm. same way that I won't use the term conservative or right wing interchangeably because those those uh, goalposts are changing. Yeah. And while the progressive narrative is definitely overwhelmingly uh, anti-gun, I know many of my friends who are pretty far left and definitely Democrat who own guns. I think there there That's might be point. more bipartisan consensus on this than the national narrative would lead us to believe. That's a great point. Bo, any final thoughts? No, I'm, uh, I, I just really am uh, impressed by Amy on so many different levels. She's like a giant onion. There's so many layers to her. <laughs> no, that's huge, huge respect. You know that. I've known you for about a year and a half. I just got mad respect for you. Thank you, Bo. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be on your show. This is fun, and I want to come back, and we can talk about the great outdoors because me, I love the great outdoors, but I'm totally like Elle Woods at Harvard Law School where I always talk about going off the grid, and my mom's like, you go off the grid. I'm like, what? Like, it's hard? <laughs> and I would die. I would die within 10 hours. Well, we always <laughs> listen. The great outdoors part is the part of the show that gives us all a chance to take a breath and have some fun and get away from these super, you know, serious discussions that we have, super serious uh, discussions that we have. So we've got to have you back on. Uh, I told the story on the show this week about how I uh, set the state record for the largest crappie caught in the state of Missouri. Allegedly. You, Allegedly. you uh, own the crappie record? Well, I don't, it no, is no, a crappie I don't record, technically yes. have the paperwork, but uh, I caught the Nor fish. Nor the fish. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this is like a Sasquatch chronicle. Just <laughs> It, it, that's exactly what I said, Amy. I can't prove it. I have it. photographic evidence and witnesses. They're going to make a Hulu show. We have about photos Tony of Bigfoot. Well, see, Aim. See, there's a lot of this fun stuff that we <laughs> that we didn't get a chance to get to today. So we'll have Anytime. to have you back. Anytime. <laughs> Anytime. I can't wait. That is Amy Mark Scores. Check her out on KMOX with Charlie Brennan, and then of course the Amy Mark Scores show every Friday morning on KMOX. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right. We've got to wrap up this edition of the podcast exclusive. Thank you so much for joining us. For producer Carl Middleman and my partner, Bo Matthews, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you for listening to another edition of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.